What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football Bleacher Reports NFL Draft slash college football podcast. Got to change that up now. I'm Matt Miller, lead draft writer at BR, and joining me every Wednesday morning, my buddy Connor Rogers in New York. And over the summer, we got Mellow Esquire sitting in with us to do these position previews. And I feel like now, guys, it's an appropriate time to talk about the fact that this fall, uh, probably once we get closer to Labor Day, we will be not transitioning to a college football podcast, but we will be covering some college football for you guys because it makes sense, right? We're watching these players anyway. We're not showering on Saturdays in the fall for a reason. Why not talk about some college football and some NFL draft and some NFL? So we're going to take these players from freshman to rookie for you and give you a lot of coverage today. Guys, we have a great show. Connor, why don't you tell them what we're going to do today? Oh, we got to go over these wide receivers because I think this is going to be a really, really fun group. So we're going to preview the wide receivers. But before we do that, and of course, close out by answering your draft on draft questions, we got to talk about this little thing called the supplemental draft. Yeah, supplemental draft guys happening today. And I, I take for granted because I've been doing this job for so long that just everyone knows what that means and what that is. Just a, a quick refresher. For the people who maybe maybe you're new to the draft or maybe you've never followed the supplemental draft before, I don't blame you. There haven't been very many. It's good rarely exciting. <laughs> yeah. So the way it works, uh, it goes off of last year's draft order. So the Browns are at one. Last year's draft order, if you took away all the trades. So the Browns are at one, right? And they have the top, basically the top priority in every round. And it's not a live draft where they put it on ESPN and NFL Network and we do a live show. But it's a lottery, so there are several players eligible for the draft, and if you want that player, you put in a bid for them. Like the Kansas City Chiefs could put in a second-round bid on corner Sam Beal from Western Michigan, and if that's the highest bid, they forfeit their second-round pick next year in exchange for that player. So, Melo, we haven't seen it in a long time where somebody actually good was in this thing, and I know a lot of people say, well, Josh Gordon. you got to remember Josh Gordon, when he was coming out, but he barely played. And it was a little bit more than grades that were his off-field questions. A little bit more than, yeah. And weirdly, he's still playing for the Browns and has yet to hit free agency. So it just goes to show, usually these guys have some off-field issues. This year, though, uh, I mentioned Sam Beal. He's a good player. He really is. a one corner, fluid. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to sit down and talk to him a while back. I mean... I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think there's anything in his background where you would say, oh, this is a little scary. What he told me was, yeah, just fell behind on a couple credits. If you've ever been to college, you can relate to not wanting to go to class and probably failing one. Yeah. And just being careless at times. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're 20, 21 years old, man. I I mean, I think I like forgot to pay my utility bill last month till they sent me that email. Like, hey, we're going to shut this. Yeah, here's here's the shut off. (laughs) My bad. Uh, I was busy. Uh, My bad. But. That's what he said. He just fell behind on some credits, and he was making them up this summer. But the what the NCAA said was they they don't actually tell you until the end of training of like summer camp if you're going to get your eligibility back. So he's like, I don't want to sit around and wait till August and run the risk of not being able to play this year. So I just thought I'd go pro. Uh, and really interesting guy. I, I do think he is going to hear his name not called. He's going his name will be picked Someone on a will call, him. call in the with a second or third round bid. I know, Connor, we've looked at him before. You've looked at him before. What do you see from Sam Beal? Well, I think he's the best cover guy out of this group, and it's not very close. I mean, he's leaps and bounds a better player than a guy like Adonis Alexander, and I think he has actually 
the least off-field issues out of him. I mean, when you look at b- between them, I mean, the thing is with Beal, and it was interesting, I saw a scout's quote that Albert Breer wrote about, he's just a knucklehead. He's not a bad guy. So I don't think, I think he'll be fine overall in the NFL. And I think teams go back to the USC game last year when he picked off Sam Darnold. And all we hear about is, oh, well, he picked off Sam Darnold. But he was really good throughout the game, matching up one-on-one. He's physical. He's long. He is lanky. There's no doubt he's light. He needs to add a little more muscle mass, but he'll disrupt you at the line of scrimmage, and he turns around and plays the ball in the air really well. He's a decent athlete. I think if you looked at it this year, I think he would have easily went in the second round of this year's draft. So I do think a team is going to submit a second-round pick to get some more corner help before this unexpected corner help before this 2018 NFL season begins because at the end of the day, it's a premium position, and the guy is a good physical man cover corner that defensive coaches will love. Yeah, and I do think he's more ready to play than a lot of people think, and that is something to remember. You're picking this guy July 11th. He's got to get up to speed ready quick. for camp. Yeah, and so so the character matters a lot. The football IQ matters a lot, and I I believe every team was at his pro day working him out. So it's there's definitely interest there. Probably the other big name and a huge player, Adonis Alexander. Corner out of Virginia Tech. I think most people look at him as a safety unless it's going to be a, a press bail type scheme. He's big, but man, there are a lot of off-field issues. And I've said it before on the show, doing research on him, people were like, hey, remember your boy Holton Hill? Yeah, same deal. And that means Holton Hill failed like nine drug tests. In what round did he get yeah. drafted in? Like he fell in the regular draft. So you get a yeah. guy with huge off-field concerns going in the supplemental draft. I don't know if teams are putting in a bid on this guy. Right? Oh, Hill was actually good. That's the yeah. thing. And Alexander did not test well. I mean, he was running the four six at the forty. And I, I talked to a scout who's actually there and was like, "Man, he just didn't look like he'd been doing anything." And then showed up and was expected to run. So he is a big name, and he's coming out of Virginia Tech. So there is some, I think, appeal there. But kind of like Melo said, if anyone puts a bid, it's going to be like the Bengals in the seventh round. Like, yeah, maybe the Seattle, maybe. Yeah. He fits Seattle well if they need corner help, but yeah, it, it just doesn't seem like the demand for him is there. It, I remember last summer talking about him, and it was like, this guy could be a third-round pick in the draft if he declares. And now it's like, man, he might not even get a bid thrown on him in the supplemental draft. Yeah, it just goes to show, don't do drugs. <laughs> drugs are bad. Drugs okay. are bad. Don't do drugs. A couple other guys are actually eligible for the supplemental draft. we got a big class this year. I don't expect any of these players to hear their name I keep saying that to hear the name called. I don't expect any of them to get picked up. Brandon Bryant from Mississippi State. Martavius Bryant, the running back from Grand Valley State. And then Bright something. Man. <laughs> the linebacker from Oregon State. The last two are going to have trouble getting into a camp. I'll say that. I mean, forget, yeah. the, forget the bid. I don't even know if they'll get into a camp right away. Maybe for Ogwubu. the first week. That's how you say it. My yeah. bad. Brandon Bryant's a guy that's a great athlete. And for sure is an undisciplined player with serious, you know, more, you know, some off field stuff where it's just no discipline there. I mean, he he's good enough where he'll get into a camp and he could easily make a special teams unit, but nobody's going to use a real asset on him. Yep, I agree. That's how I look at it. Let's do uh, prediction time. Maybe we kind of did it here, but let's go. I want to official. Where do you guys think they get picked? I'm going to say someone gets desperate and puts in a two on Sam Beal. Yep. And a seven on Adonis Alexander. I I agree. I think this, <laughs> I'll put it like this: the ceiling for Beal is a two, and the floor is a three. The ceiling for Adonis is a six, and the floor is he doesn't get a bid. 
I completely, yeah. completely agree. Yeah, and I think when it comes down to it, I, if I had to pick two teams for Beal, I think the Browns and the Chiefs make the most sense. And I think when you look at Adonis, I would say he fits Seattle. And like you alluded to, Matt, maybe a team like the Bengals. Yep, I'm with you 100% there. It's going to be fun. And uh, next week, we'll talk about wherever these guys end up and what they're going to bring to the table, uh, what what we think their fit will be. But like Connor said at the top, let's jump into these wide receiver previews. It's a really interesting class this year. Uh, we've, we've previewed one guy from this list already, A.J. Brown, who... We gave Connor the SEC, damn it. And yeah. he like, gets every good player in the draft class the now SEC to preview. And the ACC. Like, yeah. His list is always like twice as long as mine. It, it's yeah. pretty ridiculous. Now, I will say that Matt especially has a guy that can be an absolute superstar. But uh, just to start things off here in the SEC, I have two of the best duos in the country. One in Ole Miss between A.J. Brown, who could be a top 10 pick, and DK Metcalf, you know, yeah, yes. that is not a bad player across from him. And they're both big physical guys. The other duo is in is South Carolina's Brian Edwards and Debo Samuel, which is the perfect mix of like a thunder and lightning at wide receiver, where Debo is coming back from the injury is just so much flash and speed. Edwards is a big physical guy that has played the second he got to South Carolina and been productive. So both of those duos... I mean, all four of those guys have top 60 potential and Brown and Debo can really be first round players. Uh, the really interesting guy in my group is someone that is now at LSU after sitting out the year. Jo- Jonathan Giles was, if people go back and remember, actually a favorite target of Pat Mahomes yeah. at Texas Tech. Huge numbers there. He, he was honest. He said, I looked to transfer. I, I didn't have a good relationship with my receivers coach and didn't like where the direction they were going in personally for me. So he makes the transfer to LSU and he had to sit out a year after being one of the most productive wide receivers in the country with a quarterback that went in the first round. So now he's at LSU and I think a lot of people forgot about him. So the expectations over there for the Tigers is going to be very interesting. A couple other guys, Calvin Harmon at NC state to put on your list. Amon Richards from Miami, a really, really fun player with good speed and a little more physical than I expected. I like him quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, he's very, very impressive. I'll say that he is one of those guys that does more with less. He doesn't have a ton of help at the quarterback spot, but really gets it done. One more duo I really like, uh, Des Fitzpatrick and Jalen Smith. Interesting narrative last year that we had that Lamar Jackson didn't have help. I think it was a little misguided. I think he didn't have what we would call draft-eligible players' help, but these two underclassmen in Fitzpatrick and Jalen Smith are actually under one of the most underrated duos in the country and are going to be very good this year. That is a very good point because we did hear that all the time. Of well, Lamar Jackson doesn't have anyone. His offensive line didn't do him a ton of favors, but he had legitimate targets that are going to yep. be drafted players. Yeah, so it does look good again in the no Clemson guy. It's weird. Yeah, like somebody yeah. will yeah. emerge. They, yes. I do remember thinking last year that they actually had a, I think it was a freshman where I was like, oh, here's the next one. This is going to be the dude. Uh, Clemson always has someone who's going to end up uh, Hunter Renfro. I, I, I guess we should say <laughs> uh, yeah. late rounder Hunter Renfro. Uh, T Higgins is his name. That's the name. Of oh, the, T Higgins. Yeah. Yes. Um, young guy, but keep an eye on I thought they had one more. It's crazy. When we go through these early lists, there's just so many names, but I mean, Clemson always has, has guys there and yeah, always at wide receiver. Yeah. So and Hunter Renfro uh, this year's white boy Supreme. 
He's got oh. some height to him, though, isn't he? Like six one, so he's a little bit bigger than the. He's listed the usual. at five ten. Never mind. Oh man, he might be five seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is actually <laughs> Connor doing this show right now. I thought I, he, he might was like be six one. I'm actually genuinely curious if he's. Well, we'll probably see him at the uh, the senior citizens bowl because he's got to yeah. be like forty five <laughs> years old at this point. The doctor's so, bowl, just like Braxton Berrios, will actually get to see us side by side, and it's probably the yeah. same human being. Hopefully, yeah. he can stay on his feet a little he bit better than old Braxton. God, he he's so tough. Everything though, <laughs> yeah. it's really amazing. All right, Melo, you got the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. Known uh, not uh, so much for their passing. The Big Ten, Big Twelve, they sling it around like crazy. But after uh, Oklahoma State sent everyone to the NFL last year, you're left with not with great West receivers. Virginia. That's what I got out of the Big Twelve. Obviously, <laughs> the big name is David Sills. The converted quarterback gets all the attention because he is the 13 year old that got the offer from USC. Turned into a pretty damn good receiver, actually. He's very skinny. He looks almost awkward. Like, I always knew that Ed McCaffrey had sons that played college football. I didn't realize it was David Sills. (laughs) That's who he looks like. It's Ed McCaffrey out there running around, catching balls. He catches everything thrown his way. Led the nation with 18 touchdowns last year. And you talk about duos. Gary Jennings across from him. Not getting as much attention. Duke caught 97 passes last year. Was really? a leading receiver on his team. He only had one touchdown, though. I think they threw the ball to Jennings to get down the field, and then once they got there, they just threw it to Sills. So both of those guys are guys you want to keep your eye on. Talk about duos. You got to go down to Texas. Colin Johnson and little Jordan Humphreys. These two guys are popping up on a lot of watch lists. A lot of people are asking questions about them. I honestly don't see it, though, even though I usually have a pretty biased opinion. Colin Johnson looks really good at times if he has a quarterback that can get him the ball. Humphrey, I I don't see it at all. He's big and he's athletic. He hasn't put anything together. He got suspended for their bowl game. So I'm just not seeing him as a guy that's a big draft prospect this year. Yeah, it's like both. I would say both Colin Johnson and little George Humphrey are you look at them out on the field and you're holy shit. I mean, Colin Johnson, he's a legit six foot six. Yeah, he's huge and he's got great hands. He got benched last year. And I worry about his route running because he doesn't do a whole lot of that and his speed. And I can he separate at the NFL level because we keep seeing these big receivers and that's great. But if you can't separate from a college corner, there's no way in hell you're getting away from guys like Patrick Peterson. Yeah, no, there's definitely not. So really interesting guys. Um, Yeah, a lot of duos there for sure. Um, I'm with you. And I, I asked you to bring up little Jordan Humphrey because this is a name I keep hearing. You know, you talk to scouts mm-hmm. like, hey, who do I need to watch at this school, this school, this school? And they're like, oh, well, Texas has got these receivers. I'm like, Shh, I know, but one. <laughs> yeah. You're looking at John Burt. He looked good I watched when he was a play. freshman. Watched him play. But who? So I, I'm a huge Texas fan, obviously, and I won't pretend like I've watched every snap of their season last year. But he just he didn't stand out to me as even a notable college player. So we'll see what he can put together. I mean, he is a huge athlete. Speaking of huge athletes, a guy that I actually really like to watch was Paris Campbell out of Ohio State. Might be the fastest person in college football. He just needs to catch the ball. That's the biggest thing. Because he's gone once he catches it. Right. So they throw him a lot of those drag routes Mm -hmm. or screens just to get the ball in his hands. And I don't blame him for that because I think a lot of it is the offense that they run. They just don't throw the ball down the field. And you look at their quarterback situation last year, they didn't really have the choice to throw the ball down the field. So I really want to see what he can do. His athletic ability, I think, alone gets him in the second round. Unless he just completely shits the bed at the combine and can't catch. You get the ball in that dude's hands and he can score. He reminds me a lot of Odell Beckham at LSU. 
You didn't know how special he was until he actually got around a quarterback that could get him the ball. So I'm not saying he is going to be Odell Beckham, but he, his athletic ability gives him a chance to be. I'm just like flabbergasted that like you hear Odell Beckham, but no, you're right. The agility, he's a return man. He's, he's He's got some height to him even. And I loved Odell Beckham coming out of LSU and thought he was going to be special, but we didn't see anything out of him at LSU because he didn't have a quarterback that could get him the ball. Really? This is where Ohio state fans are yelling at their radio. Dwayne Haskins. So this year, hopefully Haskins, I would love to see him do well. Hopefully they can throw the ball a little bit more than they have, you know, in the past. But yeah. their quarterback. I mean, I Haskins has got a lot more yeah. juice without in the JT arm Barrett than JT yeah. Barrett. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. Even so, like, yeah, yeah. You see him come in against schools like Michigan, where he actually got some playtime. He looked really good. So, hopefully, they put it all together. And another Big Ten quarterback that I know you two love, Trace McSorley. He's got a target <laughs> down there. And Jawan Johnson, he is a big body guy who can shield that the defenders. Tough to bring down after the catch. He's still young. He's going to be a junior. He's another big receiver, though. Can he separate? Does he have the speed to play at the NFL level? Yeah, no, that's going to be a lot of fun. So I have the West of the country. And Connor mentioned it. I got a dude out here at Arizona State who Herm Edwards is probably going to ruin by the name of (laughs) Nikhil Harry. And he is fun to watch, fast, physical, has the production. But I have no idea if we're going to see him become the guy because of the situation that he's in out there. I mean, I... I don't know what they're going to do, but he's 6'4", probably 220, and has speed, has playmaking ability. I think he scored eight touchdowns last year on just over 80 catches. If anyone's going to challenge A.J. Brown down at Ole Miss for yeah. that number one receiver spot, it's Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State. So just I am the fade every time, and you can score. Yeah, He's like a better Cortland Sutton. Ooh, yeah, that's a very, very good one. He seems to be a little faster. Yep, exactly. Yeah, He can yeah. actually separate, and he's got the same size and length. Yeah, but I do have some other good receivers. Stanford has one in, in J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, another guy that I like who just looks pro-ready when you watch him play. Uh, Tyler Vaughn's at USC, Demetrius Robertson at Cal. Um, those are like the Pac-12 guys that I'm really focusing on. And then uh, a couple of Mountain West guys, Keyshawn Johnson, not that Keyshawn Johnson, different one. I love Fresno how he State. It. <laughs> I know it's K E E Sean Johnson, and then AJ Richardson of Boise State, who hasn't had the production yet, uh, but is someone that scouts keep bringing up of a, a guy that we need to watch when we start heading out west. But Nikhil, it's Nikhil Harry, and then it's everyone else. Hopefully, he's got a quarterback that can get him the ball too. I know they they've struggled down there with injuries, so a lot of these really good receivers they just don't have anybody that can get them the football. Yeah, yeah, and they're and I, all big body guys that yes. rely on that. Yeah, and I actually I want to add on to that because I just saw buried in my other notes my initial comp for JJ Arcega Whiteside was Juju Smith Schuster. Ooh, so not just because I have two last names. JJ Juju. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing to do with that. It's six three two twenty and just gonna beat everybody on slant routes all day long. All right, now, like always, got to close out the show with some draft on draft. You guys sent us a couple good ones this week. As always, you never let us down. As always, you can send them to the Instagram, leave them on iTunes, destroy Matt's mentions, which is probably the least effective way. <laughs> that and is the worst way. Yeah, you could also destroy well, Instagram it. might be. Yeah, <laughs> that's true, too. We were just talking about how, like, hey, maybe we should look into that. And, of course, our uh, great intern, Walker is, you know, probably the go-to guy these days. All right, the first one, at Sam the Video Guy. 
What is one draft pick where your grade went against the consensus and you were right? I mean, Eric Flowers is my <laughs> – he's on my Mount Rushmore of right of being right. I had a late third-round grade on that. Next to Michael doofus. Thomas. <laughs> Michael Thomas. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey was the original yep. one where I had a, a top-10 grade on him and he went second round. And that was my first real draft at BR, and people were giving me so much shit. And they actually had a, po- a pool in the San Francisco office – not a physical swimming pool, but like, you know, like an office pool. Cool it was like, will Matt be right or will the NFL be right? And when he went second round, they gave me so much shit of like, I thought you said this guy was good. The and last was like, laugh. Just wait. And it took about three weeks into the season and they were like, oh, and I'm still there. So thank you, Alshon. <laughs> I haven't exactly assigned grades to any pick ever. So I don't really have anything to share on this one. My most there, recent yeah. one, I, I said Carl Lawson was a first round player and he had eight and a half sacks last year as a rookie as after going in the fourth round. I know some of it was medical related long term, but I mean, I loved Carl Lawson and he's looking really good. So I just hope the Bengals don't ruin him and make him an off ball player now. I know they were talking about that this offseason. Right, making him like a weak side linebacker. I, yeah, he had eight and a half sacks as a rookie. Like, just let him get after the quarterback. It's not hard. So that'll be an interesting one. I mean, we, we will have to do the Mount Rushmore's of being right one day. I feel like that, or and even being wrong, we'll play it both ways. I'll but, have to start assigning grades so yeah. I can actually partake in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you caught the Friday show a couple weeks ago for my birthday, Connor. I, I was bragging a lot. I certainly <laughs> did. I even so, tweeted out if you listen to the show, you would know that Matt is not awake before 10, 10 a.m. I was, which is what's <laughs> crazy. I, I know because I texted you, but it was. Uh, it was hilarious. As the show went on, it just it erupted more and more, which is it was fucking awesome. I love. Should it. have been out after. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody chugged a whole pitcher of pickle juice, and then oh, yeah. I think they threw it up everywhere later. I was saying, oh god, I would I have tried immediately. to eat seven uh, raw jalapenos at once. How far'd you get? Not. I mean, probably. Farther than everyone expected. One and a half. spit into a napkin. <laughs> I had to put all seven in my mouth at once. What kind of birthday is this? I don't know, man. Things just got out of hand real fast. You've been here. You know yeah, how it I goes. know. I know. This like this is like fear factor birthday. This is, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you eat this cow eyeball? Yeah, like, no. I just want to celebrate my birthday. Oh, the only my, way I know how. God. Right. Next question. We went off the rails there. Uh, SJR Bears wants to know why when running backs like Todd Gurley, Zeke Elliott, and Le'Veon Bell are so effective in the pass game as well as the run game, do they remain so undervalued in terms of pay when compared to other positions? I honestly think that the NFL has like pulled one over on itself and on these agents, and they've just said, we're not going to pay these guys because you're, you're going to like ride them hard for four or five years and then kick them to the door. Le'Veon Bell's probably the one exception. But even then, they've not wanted to pay him long term. So I think that's a lot of it is they've almost colluded to agree not to pay this position. But also, like, there's just a short shelf life. Yeah, I think that's what it goes back to. Like, these guys are great. But after that first contract, there there's a big drop off. So you just go and you find another rookie running back that can go do it. A guy like Kareem Hunt in the third round or Alvin Kamara. You can find these guys yeah. late. They can do the same job. Even Le'Veon Bell wasn't a very high draft pick. Second rounder, yeah. I mean, and guys like Jordan Howard uh, for the Chicago Bears coming to make plays early. So, yeah, that does play into it. And their running style, they just take on so much more. Too. You really have to be an, an oddity to make money, like real, real, real top NFL dollar. Like, Gurley's a guy that could do it because he was 21 when he was drafted. I think, yeah, he's had some injury history, but 
He's going to be 25 after that fifth-year option where he's going to make almost $10 million that year from the fifth-year option. Someone's going to pay Todd, 25-year-old Todd Gurley. So My he, advice yeah. to college running backs who are pretty good, like our guy David Montgomery would be, get a shoe deal. Yes. Make and, up that money yeah, yeah, off yes. the field. <laughs> and leave as soon as you can. I always say, like, I yeah. cannot believe, like, Royce Freeman stayed yeah. all that wear and tear. Here's the Bryce Love. <laughs> yeah, another one. I mean, That's I heard Bryce so Love would have went in the third round last year. That's not bad for a guy his size and his vision. Make it more than us. I, the craziest thing. Did you guys know uh, Saquon Barkley is the, I think, fourth highest paid running back in the NFL? I would believe it. Being and, the number two pick. And guess who's guess who's fifth? I'd be shocked if you get this. Fifth? Fifth highest paid running back in the NFL. Damn. I'm going to say Todd Gurley. Jarek McKinnon. Oh, my Ooh. God. <laughs> I was going to say, well, there's probably like Lamar Miller, like a he, bad deal. Lamar yeah. Miller's seventh. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> Gio Bernard is ninth. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like unbelievable. Like, it doesn't just if you're ever bored and a loser like me, go on over the cap.com and just look at running back contracts. It'll, it's the most mind boggling thing on planet Earth. That, well, Sean McCoy has to be up there too, right? Uh, so McCoy. Yeah, he's had, he's had a couple big deals. Yeah, I think I just missed it. Oh, McCoy's third. Okay. He's a guy that actually has like figured it out. Him and Devonta Freeman. Yeah, got their contracts. They're making eight mil a year, and the guarantee was close to twenty mil. They're, Jarek McKinnon. You know what my advice would be if you're a running back? Get your agent to get it done early, because once you hit year four and five, they'll just keep slapping the franchise tag on you before oh, yeah. you get hurt. Yeah. So Freeman yeah. Freeman got his deal super early. I think Leonard Fournette should be fighting for the same thing. Same with Zeke. If Zeke has a big year, hold out. So. It's a tough Yeah, because they're probably not going to give him a big contract, no. so he better do it early before he gets himself in more trouble. Yeah. So, all right, another one from uh, R. Thomasoff34. What will it take for Trey Adams to overtake Jonah Williams as left tackle one during the 2018 season? That's going to be tough. Maybe like an Achilles injury? Well, what Jonah we saw Williams. this year with Connor Williams, he, if he comes in with short arms, they'll move him to guard, even though he's yeah. probably the most athletic tackle in the bunch. So measurables, maybe? Yeah, that's actually a good, a good point. I wouldn't I, think Jonah Williams would have short arms, but... Man, I don't even think Trey Adams is LT2. I like Greg Little more than him to play. Uh, I'm like, uh, it's a toss up for me. Uh, Jonah Williams to me is just like so far and away better than everyone right now where it, it's going to take a years old. He might be like the Saquon Barkley of this class. Just that special player that's yeah. head and shoulders above everyone else. He started 29 games in two years. Yeah. At Alabama. Sides. Yeah. Yeah. Now he is listed at six, five. So maybe arm length could be an issue. Yeah. I don't know. I just think he's, it's almost like you just break the rule. He's just so good. He's too good. Yeah. All right. Last question, boys. It's from Instagram from J44. He says, hey, guys, what's up? Being a Browns fan, there's been so many bad coaches in recent memory. How many wins, losses does a good coach actually add? Also, could a 10-year-old playing Madden be better than Coach Hugh Jackson? Thanks. Oh, God. <laughs> Vicious. Uh, yes. On the could a 10-year-old playing Madden do a better job than Hugh Jackson? Yes. I, I would think a good coach would be easily responsible for like five games. Yeah. If you put yeah. a really good coach like Andy Reid on the Browns, I think they easily would have won five games last year. Which like is they'd hired Sean McVay. 
Yeah, and it's yeah. often the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. Like, it's that's the difference. I know for the Browns it wasn't because zero and five. Like, is I'm not shitting on you, Cleveland fans, but in <laughs> you've had a rough month. We're my, sorry. My take is this year could be the difference because I think the Browns are going to win five or six games. Now, if they had a really good coach, could they win nine? Yes. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. I definitely think so. They have talent, and I, and Tyrod is never going to be this superstar quarterback, but he could take care of the ball and get you to... We just saw him take the Bills to the playoffs. The Bills were supposed to be right. picking in the top three. So, I don't know. I, that rem- that question reminds me, too. I know this is random, but it was something I was talking about this morning. If you guys had to pick what to do with the LeBron mural that's coming down, Nike is taking it down, obviously, with him leaving. What would you do with that now in Cleveland? I would, like... Somehow set it up. We used to do this in high school. We would get junk cars and sledgehammers, and people could pay like five bucks, and they get so many swings, and that money goes to charity. I would do that. Sledgehammers in the city of Cleveland are baseball bats. You pay ten bucks, you get ten wax, and the money goes to charity. On the That's LeBron mural. Yeah. Well, who do you want up there now instead? <laughs> oh no, I want to beat the shit out of the old mural. <laughs> God. Oh man. Do you like, gotta put. You gotta put Baker up there. I, I was just gonna say, are you gonna be the guy that goes all in on Baker Mayfield? Because I'm not. And I love well, Baker. And it's not going to be Kevin Love. Hell no. It ain't going to be Josh Gordon. I, the, the shitty thing for Cleveland, though, is that it seems like everybody in Cleveland or Ohio is forgetting. They have a really good baseball team. I'm just that's thinking. My one argument. of the best shortstops it's, in all of baseball. It's Francisco Lindor. He's 24 yeah, oh, yeah. years old. And this is a chance for New Balance to take a spot that Nike used to own. That's my argument for it. If, oh, I, yeah, if I'm point. New Balance, who's spent a ton of money in recent years investing in MLB players, that's what I do. And because somebody from Cleveland, you know, responded to me right away. Well, he's not even the best player on his team. That might not be accepted well. I'm like, you're missing the the point is this is a he's marketing young, opportunity. Yeah, he's young. He's marketable. Yeah, he's, he's an all star. I was going to say he's an absolute superstar who's, yeah, what, 24 years old. Only or getting we could better. get a stick to football billboard. That'd be nice in Cleveland. Put it up there. That would be nice. I'm down. You guys can get stick football T-shirts. Ooh, like that segue. I actually want to hear. I want to hear. Oh yes, I don't want to kill that plug. I I do want to hear though of the Cleveland fans because I know we have a lot of a lot of great Browns fans that listen to this podcast. If you could leave your iTunes review this week, what would you? What athlete would you want there, if any at all? I think some people just want to wait right now. They probably they probably just want Dan Gilbert. Up there. Oh, God. <laughs> Let him take the spot. Or I got Ohio my team State. back. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. What about an Ohio State mural? I know I know that Cleveland is separate from Columbus, but... Yeah. It's tough. It's like... I mean, who does own the Cl- state of Ohio now? I mean, they're... Both, Ohio State. Everyone loves Ohio State there. It's got to be that. We'll see. So... All right. Fun show today, boys. Glad we got to do this. Connor will be out on vacation next week when we talk to you on the midweek show, so... Holy shit, you get me and Mellow for two shows. <laughs> back to back. Maybe are we still recording in the morning or are we gonna No, we're gonna sleep in a little. <laughs> yeah, we're sleeping. I almost missed recording today, so we're gonna sleep in and see does the FCC monitor podcast yet? Apparently not. I don't think they fucking do. I don't <laughs> think any of the podcast is the wild west of the world right yeah, now. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So next week will be a lot of fun. We're gonna preview the tight ends and probably do some cash or trash with rumors and news and notes. We'll break down this supplemental draft where all these guys landed. Connor's going to be somewhere in Europe hopping around. So if you see 
a uh, guy with great hair uh, wearing a wearing a bleacher report <laughs> a backpack. Stick to buy him a beer. A stick to football shirt, maybe. Yeah. Buy him a beer. Oh, that'd be really nice. Not a leprechaun. Yeah. It's Connor. Oh man. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We will talk to you again real, real soon. Mm-hmm.